We're in this together. And if we're going to learn from the past and the current situation, it will take living a new normal and making different choices in each of our everyday lifestyles. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? I was flipping through an old journal as I was unpacking some boxes into the new home that I share with my new husband. I have to say I got a good kick out of reading some of the entries. Gosh, how stupid I was, I thought. Some of the dumb things I did and said. Kind of embarrassing, but it was a reminder of a time where maybe I didn't know any better. They say you shouldn't live in the past, but my very wise grandfather used to say something a little different. We should learn from it as not to repeat the same mistakes in the future, in our personal lives, and in how we handle global crises. A little over a decade ago, when I was first working on our Eat Cleaner line of products, preparing to go to market... H1N1, or swine flu, first struck in Mexico, then the U.S., in the spring of 2009. By June, what was being called the novel H1N1 flu was reported in every state in this country, D.C., the U.S. Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico, as well as more than 70 other countries worldwide. It hit countries in the Southern Hemisphere during their regular flu season, or our summer months, And on June 11th, 2009, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic alert of phase six, the highest level of alert. However, this was not because of how serious the novel H1N1 flu virus was, but rather because of how quickly this new flu had spread across the globe. Sound familiar? Just like then, a few things happened, and I took some time to read some of the recaps of how we handled H1N1 back in 2010 and 2011, and it gave me some pretty important insights. It talked about everything from how public information and risk communication messages were disseminated through the media. I mean, I don't fault the media, but I'm just saying Not everything that you read is true. And sometimes information is received and given to the public before it's really validated. Back then, laboratory and analytical services were overburdened. There just weren't enough places for tests to happen. And in some cases, that really didn't happen, just like we're experiencing now. I mean, it just seems like recently we're getting testing done. Back then, antiviral drug stockpiles were lacking. It's something that was written about in the news. I don't know if that was ever really something that we prepared for, even for now. And supplies of surgical masks and N95 face-fitting respirators disappeared quickly, exactly like what's happening now. 
And while supply chains for many of these critical products and services weren't necessarily interrupted because they were prioritized, we just couldn't create them fast enough. And a lot of them were coming from overseas. Exactly the situation that we're experiencing today. So I look at the past and I look at what we maybe learned or maybe didn't learn as a society, as a citizen of this country. But then I think about the rest of life. I think about the crashing stock market and watching 30 to 40% of my retirement disappear in a matter of days. I think about the consistent headlines of a recession on our doorstep. My friends who are shuttering their businesses and wondering how they're going to make ends meet. I think about the kids that are unable to go to school and play outside. And I don't know about you all, but it's causing a lot of boredom in my household. And I know a lot of other parents are wondering, what do we do? Is life ever going to be normal? Or is this the new normal? We're all trying to figure out how it's going to work out. But if you put the potential aside for just a second, that unknown that I know is is really riding heavy in a lot of people's minds, I want to talk about what this means on our personal health. While we wait for a vaccine, our immune system is sitting on the sidelines wondering, what should we do? And if you're one of the millions considered high risk, meaning you have a pre-existing condition that compromises your immunity, like MS, lupus, or cancer, or you're elderly or under the age of five, or you're a pregnant woman, woman, you know that every step in life is something you need to be conscious of. After all, that's why we created our Eat Cleaner line in the first place. It was so my father could eat a salad after being told to remove raw foods from his diet with his cancer diagnosis, because a bout of foodborne illness for somebody like him could be devastating. It could even kill him. But if you're someone who would otherwise be considered healthy, a person whose immune system can fight when germs like bacteria or viruses invade your body and multiply at epic speeds, you might be wondering, why am I being punished? Because we're dealing with the unknown. It's called the novel coronavirus, just like H1N1 was called novel because we had never seen anything quite like it. We're familiar with this family of viruses, but just like in the movies, we just don't know. Superbugs are not the fodder of big cinema movie directors like in the movie Contagion. They're real and they have the potential to be far more devastating than anything we've ever seen. We're in this together. And if we're going to learn from the past and the current situation, it will take living a new normal and making different choices in each of our everyday lifestyles. You know what I'm going to say. It starts with what we eat. Viruses and antibiotic resistance can transmit through our forks. So taking care to eat proteins that come from clean sources is so critical. If an animal isn't eating right and you're eating the animal, guess what? You're getting contaminated. Supporting the factory farm 
by voting with your dollar and buying that cheap meat and saving a buck doesn't make sense. Not your mind kind of sense or the money kind of sense. Farm-raised seafood that are eating radioactive pellets are getting contaminated with lice at a rate of over 90%. And you think you're immune? Eating a bunch of GMO-laden, highly processed foods and drinks with artificial colors, flavorings, and sweeteners that cause cancer in animals is something you think you can do with abandon and be immune? Consuming raw foods without properly cleaning them in hopes you won't get bacteria or viral contamination because it was covered in fertilizer and manure in the field and picked and packed there and hasn't been cleaned makes sense to you? We have to get real with ourselves and our personal habits and choices. If you don't eat right, it will eventually eat you alive. If you don't manage your stress, your stress will consume you. And if you don't value sleep, your nightmares could become your everyday reality. And if you don't move your body to keep it active and strong, it simply won't bear the weight any longer. On a positive note, and I know this sounds like doomsday, but there is a light note. In this time that we're being asked to quite literally sit down, our environment is healing. We're at a 50% decrease in CO2 emissions over last year. Air pollution is considerably dropping. You can see the sky in LA. I saw it with my own two eyes. Fish in the Venice canals can be seen again, returning to vision after decades. And the swans have even returned. It's making impactful change at epic speed. And I insist the same thing can be done in our own lives. We can't control the world, but we can start with our own ecosystem. And that is our family and ourselves. We can eat to live and start with proper nutrition. On a regular basis, we focus on getting the right balance of essential amino acids or protein because they're the building blocks of humanity. Without lysine, for example, you'd have a really hard time keeping your immunity and antibodies in check. Without tryptophan, you couldn't produce the serotonin that makes you feel that bomb chicka wawa, you know? Helps you feel joy and even helps you sleep. You need to get your vitamin D every single day, plus some sunshine if you can. You need your vitamin C, your minerals. And really importantly, you need those probiotics to keep your gut health in check. Fermented and pickled foods are your friends. And then think about the routines that you can implement every single day to help you sustain those great habits. It does come from routine. Routine doesn't have to be seen as a negative thing. Routine helps to bring balance because it's something that we can expect every day. And right now where it's really hard to implement routine because our kids are running around crazy and wild and bored and we're not sure if we have a job today or tomorrow and the economy is changing every single moment, there are things that you can implement every single day to create habits consistently. So these are the eight things that I try and do every day. And you know, I, I love the number eight. I have eight strategies in my book, Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive. And when you put eight on its side, it's the infinity sign. 
So these are things that maybe you might want to implement or create your own routines to help bring balance and keep focus on what's important. Number one is start by setting your alarm to the same time every day, even if you don't have a schedule. I mean, you may not have something going on in that day, but routine is important. And when you start with a set time, then you can schedule your day to get the most out of it. So that's number one. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes, and it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab-tested, and it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out eatcleaner.com or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. Number two is make your bed. I know that might sound silly, but I promise you this is life changing. And there are lots of statistics out there. You can go and read about them that support why this is so important. It just gives you a little bit of rest and closure to your sleep time. And when you go back to bed, having a nicely made bed is everything. I swear, it's it's the lifestyle hack of many, many successful people. Number three is start your day with gratitude. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's reading something that gets you focused. Maybe it's taking some time to write, but have that set time when you wake up instead of immediately looking to social media and the news to see what disasters are happening in life. We all have things to be grateful for. And when you start with that intention and that understanding that there are things bigger than us, but what's the most important thing that you have is to be thankful, it changes everything that you see. Another habit is that I set up my vitamins and supplements in a place that I always look at. And while it's so important to eat, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second, I actually have vitamins and supplements here in a prominent place for myself and my family so that we don't miss them. You can even get one of those little, uh, you know, day a week vitamin carriers or I guess they're used for drug dosing, but if you don't take prescription drugs, you can use this for your supplements and fill them up every single week so you have what you need to support you. The food that we eat every day, while it is a very, very important choice that we make, sometimes can be void 
of the nutrients that we need. So it doesn't hurt to get a good supplement in every day. And I am a huge believer in this. I have a link in the show notes that will take you to an article that I wrote about the things that I take every single day, and that might help you too. Of course, meal prepping and planning is really, really important and knowing how to stock your refrigerator. So getting that meal plan out of my book, which is something that we offer, or texting Fit Foodie to 22828 so you can get our weekly meal plan is a great step. When you plan knowing that you're going to get those probiotic-rich foods, the proteins, the slow-burning carbohydrates, the greens, and all of those other essential essential foods into your everyday, when you know that you're building your refrigerator and your pantry around it, then it's getting into your body. If you're thinking about every day haphazardly without a plan, there's no consistency. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be there. And if it's as simple as a hard-boiled egg, a few pieces of avocado, and, you know, some vegetables on a plate that are raw, a little salad, that's okay. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be high quality and they're in the right proportion. And that meal plan will help you get there. Number six is plan your day with a calendar and schedule movement. So in setting your alarm to start your day, make sure movement is on there too. We often have the best of intentions and we think we have to kill ourselves with exercise. And that's just simply not true. If you're eating in a balanced way, movement just is something to strengthen your body. It's something to get your heart moving. It's something to clear your mind. It's something to build strength. doesn't mean that you're undoing the crap and all the packaged stuff that you have in your pantry, which I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. Think about exercise as just simply movement, not undoing the bad stuff. Number seven is do something every day that brings you joy. And for all of us, it's very different. It could be playing an instrument. It could be reading. It could be dancing. Turn on some music and jam out. I've got a hula hoop. I've got my ukulele. I've got my art supplies. I've even pulled out my sewing machine. It's amazing what this downtime can do to help you cultivate the talents that you innately have. And if you're saying, but Maria, I don't do any of those things, that's okay. Find what it is. Sometimes it's just FaceTiming a good friend. That can bring you joy. Just don't ever say, I'm bored. Bored people are boring. (laughs) I'm going to get some hate mail for that, but I'm just saying. And the last thing that is so important is prioritize the people you love in words, actions, and affection. There is no guideline that says you have to love people in a certain way. If you need to tell the people you love every in every sentence you love them, if you need to hug them 30 times a day, just as long as you guys are not, uh, you know, coronavirus uh, infected. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying. Don't ration it. Give it. Give it freely and do it every single day. There's no shortage of this. So stay close to the people you love. And by all reports, that closeness is something humanity not only craves, but physically needs. Studies show that the more we give it, the better we feel and the more it improves our health. 
And if you have the ability to share that love and attention, I would say that you are beyond blessed. So in the midst of all of this chaos of coronavirus, there are lessons that we have learned that we need to recall again. And there are lessons that we're creating in real time. Are these things that you think you could implement in your day-to-day? If you do think so, and if this has given you any, any exciting insights into what you could implement, would you let me know? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on social media at Eat Cleaner on Instagram and Facebook, where I hang out the most. Or you can send me an email, Maria at eatcleaner.com. And please don't forget to share this podcast. It's my virtual tip jar. And if it's something that you think is helpful and would benefit your friends and family, I'd really appreciate you paying it forward. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.